Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for They have these kind of private rooms for frequent flyers, and I go in the United one at some unlordly hour, like 7 in the morning, and I look over, and sure enough, there's a guy that looks just like John Denver. Oh. But I'm not sure. And I see this coffee cup and a little miniaturized whiskey bottle, mm. the airline whiskey bottle. And I said to myself, I'll bet this is John, because he had two drunken driving arrests in Colorado. So... I'm Holy Spirit's not letting up. So I look again, son of a gun. I see the guitar case. So now I know it's got to be him. That's so him, I'm John Denver. Be, yeah. Yeah. So I get up and I'm going to do a drive by. <laughs> I go <laughs> by and, and I just saw the side of my mouth and went real loud, John. And he jumped up and he says, Hi. He says, I'm seeing you in a couple of days. I said, No, sir. But I have a message for you from your dead father, Dutch. Are you still flying the wind song? That's his private Learjet. Is Craig still your pilot? John, give me your private number. I need to call you. Now, how in the world did I have that information? Because many years before my conversion and the height of my pagan lifestyle, John Denver's father was the co-pilot on the Learjet that used to fly me around to do funny business. Mm. Well. When I came to Christ and I ran into Dutch, that's his father's name again, I had the privilege to see Dutch surrender his life to Christ, and he made me make one promise. If you run into my son, would you share with him? So I called John for a private meeting at the Denver airport, and I met him in a room and took him line by line through the gospel of Jesus Christ. There wasn't one single verse of scripture he did not understand, nor was there one verse that he would accept. And I said, John, when did you make up your mind? Jesus Christ would never become your Lord or your Savior. He can remember the date, time, and place. He was 12 years old in an old Presbyterian Sunday school class. A teacher said, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. John said, I made up my mind then he would never be for me. I thought, dearest Lord, did he condemn himself at that moment? Well, I got out to my car, and I had some tears. And I asked God a question, because I was puzzled. I said, Father, why did you go to all this trouble if John Denver was not predestined to know you. And a verse of scripture that came into my heart took evangelism for a whole nother level, and I hope it will for you and all of your listeners. 
But the verse comes out of 2 Corinthians and says, to some, you will become the aroma of life. To some, you'll become the aroma of death. Wow. And death means eternal separation from God. Wow. Wherever we stand, to whomever we speak, wherever we are, we represent life and we represent death. It's by the mercy of God. We don't know which it is because we couldn't handle that. But that's why anybody listening, anybody who claims to be born again, must never be caught again in the sin of silence. That is quite a story. And, you know, I, I, I know that John Denver died in a plane crash. Is that correct? With a Buddhist statue between his legs. Yeah. You know, friends, we need to recognize the urgency. You know, somebody told you about Jesus. If you're saved, those of you hearing me, if you are genuinely, authentically saved, somebody told you, somebody stepped out and told you they were willing to say something about Jesus to you. What about our sense of urgency to other people? And don't com- Mr. Fay, I, Bill, I, I know you, you had said before, don't confuse activity with spiritual life. Like if you're in a church and you got programs and you're in the choir, I witnessed to a guy at a restaurant and I asked him, uh, where will you go if you die? Why should God let you into heaven? He goes, well, I, I've been in the choir much. Anything but Jesus. Okay. He said mm-hmm. all these things, anything but that. And don't confuse being active. You go to potlucks, you, you've been on uh, little trips to Mexico to, with your church and whatever and all these things. Don't confuse activity with being involved in sharing the gospel with people. Don't, don't think that's the same thing. What we're trying to boil it down to is have you shared the gospel of Jesus with someone on how to be saved? Forget all the stuff you're doing. Have you told anybody? And, you know, unless a man is born again, he is condemned. That gives a sense of urgency that we have to speak. Now, Bill, I've got this little uh, fish hook club going around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> going around my town. Uh, I I have a fish hook that I wear on my hat. That is a, kind of an right. heirloom from my grandfather. He used to wear, and I put it on my hat, and I didn't think anything of it. Well, one day, some guy said, "Well, do you fish?" And immediately, Fisher of Men hit my mind. And I went, I, I was thinking I was ordering a hamburger or something at a, at a register. And the cashier asked me, I said, well, yes, I do. He goes, well, where do you fish at? And I said, right here. And he says, well, there's not any, there's not any water around here. Where, where do you mean right here? I said, right here where I'm standing. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I'm a fisher of men. And I started giving him the gospel. And I realized, man, this fish hook is really a cue for me when I'm just kind of in my little zombie mode. I'm daydreaming and not thinking, and it kind of cues me to wake up and tell this guy about the gospel. So I told friends about it, and they said, well, I, I want a fish hook too. And, and so we talk about sharing the gospel. I said, you can't just wear it and say, you know, the, the Christianese bumper, uh, bumper sticker t-shirt theology stuff. You've got to really give them the gospel. Well, I'm finding out that everybody thinks that or some, they, they don't know how. So what I have done is I said, look, I will give you a fish hook for your hat if you first go to share Jesus without fear. That's your ministry, Bill. Go to sharejesuswithoutfear.com. 
and listen to the seminar that you give about how to share the gospel of Jesus with Scripture. Switch that to dot org. I think you can get it com. Dot com or org? Okay, I checked Mm -hmm. it this morning. It's still there. So dot com dot org. Friends, it's sharejesuswithoutfear.com or or, .org, either way. And and just hit the listen button. Hit the listen button, and Bill Fay will take you through about an hour. It is so good. I've listened to it uh, 50 times at least. How to share the gospel of Jesus using your Bible. And like Bill said, it's the one bit of obedience in your life that you can't mess up at. This is... Even if you don't do it well, at least you're obeying. You're not being silent. We've got to tell people the gospel because you don't know who's next. I, Bill, I've got people that come to me and they say, Ray, uh, my grandmother's niece over in whatever town, Nebraska, died. Where did they go? Where did they go? And they're all distraught about where they went. I said, I have no idea. And they just want to pull it out of my ears. Where did they go? And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why is the urgency just now hitting you after they're gone? Where's the urgency before? So we got to be urgent about sharing the gospel with people. And friends, again, go to sharejesuswithoutfear.com or .org. I back that site up 100%. Listen to it. It'll teach you how to do it. And so why don't you start today by just making a list of unsaved relatives, unsaved people, your neighbors, where you work, where you bank, where you shop, just start making a list. Start praying and say, God, give me a list. You put the list down on a piece of paper, and you're going to start to pray for them and ask for God to provide the moment that you can do just what he's asked you to do. That's a beginning step. And then why don't you just go to one of them and say, listen, would you do me a favor? I got a little assignment from someone. And I got to ask five questions and you give them the five questions you'll get on the shared Jesus without fear website or that, you know, that Ray is teaching if you're a part of his congregation and just go ask those questions. Nobody can argue with you. And next thing you know, you're liable to be sharing your faith, but it's a free shot. People love answering questions. Everybody has an opinion. If you think so, if don't think so, just turn on the television and watch the wacko. Oh, there's opinions everywhere. Yeah. Everybody's got an opinion, right or wrong. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to do Yeah. That? Everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> so ask them to help you with your little five-question survey. They love to express their ignorance. And, Bill, in sure. your teaching, you actually teach us how to get them to give us permission to enter those questions. They give you permission to do it. Well, not only that, but the questions give you permission to open your Bible. Sure. And you see what you're going to learn when you get to share Jesus is a way to use the scripture that's the opposite you've ever been taught. And it's all biblical. And no one can argue with you. You can sit down with the most avowed atheist Mm. and he cannot argue with you. It's impossible because you're going to learn a little secret. And you'll have to go find out what that is. They cannot fight with you. Listen, I've sat with, you can't imagine, some very unusual folks. I'll bet. But they can't fight with me. The power of the word of God is in this. It's, it's so good, yeah. And because I love them, I'm not there as a target, you know, or to try to score, keep a notch on my belt. You know, every once in a while somebody makes a mistake of asking me, 
how many ever led to Christ? I say, I hope none. Right. If I let, <laughs> not if by I me. To, if I led them to Christ, they're not saying they're, they're a mess. <laughs> I've been around a lot of times when the Holy Spirit's done it. Yeah. And I, and I sit and I absolutely marvel at watching the sovereignty of God work. Wonderful. It, it, it's, 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 it's addicting. Yeah. It's life-changing. And it isn't a come-and-go Christianity. God is alive in my life every day. And I pray every day before I leave the house, God, would you increase my territory and keep me from further evil? That's out of Chronicles. Mm. And I'm telling you, he answers it to my shock sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe how he does what he does. Yes. But he's been doing it for well over 40 years in my life, and I just keep going, how in the world? I, I just sit there and wonder of praise how he does this. So remember, this is the one area of your Christian life you can't fail in. Amen. Why don't you go find out what it's like? Because silence is sin. Silence is sin. Friends, I, I know, you, okay, those of you listening to me right now, you're listening to Set for Life Radio. You have put it on Pastor Ray and Bill Fay to get the message out there because we have all this outreach and Set for Life is on the radio all over the world. Yay, Set for Life. But guess what, friends? There are people that are never going to listen to Set for Life. It's never going to come to them, but you will. You can reach people that Bill and I cannot reach. And we're telling you about the sin of silence so that you'll go tell them. We're equipping you to go tell them because we can't reach everyone. And we need to speak. We need to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Bill Fay has it all out there ready for you to, to learn how to do it. And that's why we're having this discussion together right now so that you can hear and you can go take them the gospel. Now, Bill, I understand that there's going to be some believers that are listening right now and they're getting excited about this, but they want to know how to get saved now before they even go to your website. Bill, could you tell them right now, point blank, how they can be saved here today? Number one, are you a sinner? And just to remind us, including myself, how bad we are, let's just take a quick peek at the Ten Commandments. Have you ever looked at the opposite sex with lust? Yes. Have you ever told a lie? You'll probably say little ones. Well, you're a little liar. Have you ever stolen a comic book, a candy bar, piece of paper, pen from work? Oh, you're a thief. And the one that always surprises everybody, and God's got a hard definition. Have you ever committed murder? Everybody's reaction is, no, I've never done that. Well, have you ever been angry, hated, called someone a name? Now God says you're guilty of murder. Consequence may be different. If I commit a physical act of murder, I'm going to prison or the gas chamber. But if I hate or call someone a name, that sin is only takes one, the Bible says. The payment of one sin, just one. First stolen cookie, first little lie. See, we got this thing called a sin nature in us. Did your parents ever sit down and give you lying lessons? No, they didn't. They give you stealing and lust lessons? No, they didn't. 
because it's built into your system thanks to Adam and Eve. Look at all those promises you give yourself, New Year's or whatever, that you're not going to do it, and we do it. Try to go buy a wet paint sign and not touch the the bench. Right. Don't touch. Right. We are just people in rebellion because of the sin nature. So how do we address that? Because we tell God he's right. I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness for all of my sin. And a very religious guy, in fact, here's some good news, bad news. The Bible couldn't be clear. It says the wages, the payment of one sin, not multiple, one sin is hell. It says death, that means eternal separation. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. We're not talking in a religion. Don't count on religion. Religion won't save you. The word in means in a relationship with Christ, the way he defines it. So a real religious guy of the day, you know, super priest type guy, he was walked up to Jesus and said, how do you get to heaven? Now, since Jesus never sinned, he never lied. So he looked right at the guy and said, unless you're born anew, born again, or born from above, it means all the same thing. A spiritual birth has to take place. You will never, never enter the kingdom of heaven. And he told this to a priest. How do we get get this spiritual gift? I mean, how do we get this new birth that Jesus talks about? Well, number one, we have to believe in our heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and for me. And he took upon every stinking sin you and I have ever committed. The little lie, the lustful look, the anger, whatever. His name in vain. And then the Bible said, clear as a bell, that any one of you from your heart, this is not your head issue, this is your heart issue, calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. That includes the worst of the worst of sinners you've ever met. It would have even included somebody like Hitler, Idi Amin, anybody, if they really truly understood and chose to repent and saw Jesus who would pay for their price. Somebody's going to pay for sin. Remember, the payment of one sin is hell. So either you can pay for it for the rest of your life in damnation, or you can have Jesus do it by accepting the gift of the cross. And that cross is a gift, but it won't become yours till you take it. I can stand in front of you with a lovely gift and say, this is from me to you, but until you accept it, receive it, or take it, it won't become yours. When you choose to do that, then the Bible says the Holy Spirit, Christ himself, will enter into your life. And that spiritual birth will take place. And at that moment, when you say, God, I don't want to do me any longer. I don't want to be me any longer. I cannot change myself. I give myself to you. That's called surrender. You have to be willing to be dependent upon him because nothing's working from yourself. When we do that from the heart, You are sealed by the promised Holy Spirit 
guaranteeing your inheritance. Amen. Not by a church or a pastor, but by God himself. And you will know when that has happened, because there will be a compelling urge to tell others what has happened to you. You will have a sudden desire to read your Bible, because you see, before you come to Christ, if you open the Bible, it probably makes no sense. Because the man, the Bible says, without the Holy Spirit in him, will not understand the things that come from the Spirit, their foolishness to him. Mm. So one of the first changes you will see when you open, and I suggest to the Gospel of John, and start reading the pages of Scripture, if they don't seem different to you, then maybe you're not different, and you better rethink where your heart really is. And at that moment, you thank God, because do you realize Everybody I ever run into says, I pray, you know, help me get out of this or whatever their prayer is. But do you realize God is not going to answer your prayer? Not at all. Why would he answer a prayer from an enemy? Remember, you're his enemy. Right. So why in the world would he bother? He has no obligation to you until you pray to surrender your life to his son. He's all ear. Then your daddy will answer your prayers. So think about it. It's eternally the most important decision you'll ever make because you're either going to end up in heaven or you're going to end up in hell. And the choice is yours. So if God is tapping on your heart, then as the scripture says, you open that door and say, God, I want to give me you. I don't want to run me anymore. This is not a promise that you're going to have the lottery win or a new car. It's a promise that no matter what happens, you'll never be alone again the rest of your life. May that decision become yours as it became mine, because I have never been the same since March 4th, 1981 at 10 a.m. when I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And now I hope it's your turn. And don't deceive yourself by some religious ceremony you went through at a church. Don't count on confirmation or baptism for your being born again. That has nothing to do with it. If water could save you, I'd have a hose out on the highway. Right. <laughs> so, folks, this is real serious business. And thank goodness for somebody like Ray, who is unashamed to remind you, you can contact me. I'm available. You can contact Ray. If you have any question about your salvation, let's make sure you get sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Thank you for the privilege of sharing with you. And Ray, thank you for the privilege of being on your program. Oh, Bill Fay, it's, it's been an honor having you. I'm glad to have you. And uh, just, I just, we're two or more. That's what I want here. I want more people to hear from other people. The same message, the gospel message is the same. Friends, we, I know you're thinking, well, Ray, you don't know what I've done. I'm a bad guy. I mean, you don't know what I've done. Hey, friend, you don't know what I've done either. I'm a, I'm a sinner. It's just the same. And we all need Jesus to be saved. And I just want you to always remember, friends, that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life.
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.